Hey, what's up? I'm Luca Chanel. You're now listening to the Shine Season Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having a guest who is near and dear to my heart, someone who is in the family and someone who is very instrumental in just the influence of my artistic career. I have my uncle here, none other than the Dippy Fly himself. Hello. How you feeling? Feeling great, inspired. Let's give the listeners a little insight about where we are, kind of like the situation we're in the reality of. Let's just kind of give them a little bit of background of who you are, what you do, and what this episode is all about. Well, I don't want to say too much because I'm on my deathbed, but I want to talk about encouraging the people. Okay, so what is something that you want the people to know about you? Trust God, believe in God, follow God, uh, fear God, and don't worry about worldly situations. I kind of want to get a little bit of insight just about who you are and your legacy. Um, Like I said earlier in the episode, you guys know this is my uncle. and ever since I can remember, you've always been an artist. You've always been into music. Um, your stage name is to be fine. That's your career name. And I would like to know, at what point in your life did you recognize that you were an artist? Like, at what point was it like, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I do. I learned in high school. I, this is what I wanted to do. Uh, me and my brother was going to make a super group. But it never got a chance to transpire he got killed but I was kind of lost in the mist and uh, I met a couple of people and uh, fresh out of high school and uh, we would just catch the bus together uh, they were named the Picassos uh, or not Picassos but we called ourselves the Mind Benders <laughs> and we would just freestyle in a fellowship, you know? They have a very, very strong belief. A strong belief. Okay, so with you being my uncle, like, I know the perspective of what I hear, like, from other people, but I would like to know, and I want you to express to the listeners, like, what was your upbringing like, and how do you feel like that played a role in your artistry? Because like you mentioned before, like, you started a group with your brother, and you guys were like, you know myself to do that but how do you feel like your upbringing your family life kind of like translated in the bodies of work that you produce the best way i can say it is i'm a spiritual nigga with some screws loose because i will serve the lord one minute and cut your ass out the next and uh the thing is i have to have tough exterior and keep it real but I've always believed in God. I've always cherished God. I always praised God. And I would put no man before God. But it's hard walking these streets and uh, worrying things. But I never worried. I've always trusted in the Lord. And uh, I've always entertained Him in my music. No matter what I said. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the current state of hip hop? Current state of hip hop, too much dying. Too many 40 clips. You know what? 
And then when they say, demons, hind, you're, you're, you're slurring yourself by the words of your mouth. You're saying demons. So you're basically saying you're a demon. Don't say that. Uplift each other's spirits, say angelic time or whatever. But you're talking about demon time, uh, worldly like possessions, you're stacking money, and music can be real good. You can always find real good music, but they don't really care about the music. They only care about the payday. So what words of encouragement would you have to an artist in this new generation who kind of like, like you said, you're kind of one who kind of walks the line of like battling between worldly and godly. What words of advice would you have someone listening to this who feels like they kind of struggle with that as well? Trust the Lord. Fear God. Uh, if you put it into God's hands, he will take care of everything. And, uh, and this is coming from my deathbed. You know, they, they gave me no chance to live. And my beautiful niece can share my message because she has a podcast. Now I'm, uh, I can share the link to my son, uh, Westside AMP. Uh, he's, a, he's a rapper, but he's a Christian rapper. He laid down his life for God. And he's only 20. And it's so inspirational that there, there is a glimmer of hope. There is people who love the Lord. And, and you got to hold on to that. Okay, so as you know, I went to school in Atlanta. And one of the things that we talked about a lot, are, one of the things that I found myself defending in class a lot, because for those of you guys who don't know, I study media, um, mass media arts with a concentration in radio, television, and film. And um, I used to have these class debates all the time about like the West Coast sound and like what it is and you know I was going to school in the South so their perspective a lot of the students in the class they felt like Atlanta is the pulse for hip-hop and like they had the sound and even people from other regions of the world they don't really like rock with the West Coast sound but you being a West Coast artist somebody who prides themselves on being from LA and the West Coast how would you define the West Coast sound and what do you feel like makes what do you feel like makes our sound unique and special it sets us apart from other regions because yeah. you know like I feel like Atlanta has a pulse on hip hop but I also feel like we have something to offer there is no West Coast sound because everybody comes to the West Coast to become famous so it's very eclectic uh, you, I grew up on Wu-Tang Clan Diggable Planets uh, uh, This is how we chill from 93 Till ATLians So everybody Touches bases with the West Coast We are the Mecca When it comes to Gangster hip hop And that's where they say West Coast sound But We're really diverse I love Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Method Man, uh, every sound. So when they say West Coast sound, we're gumbo. And uh, if you only play certain songs on the radio, there's a West Coast sound. But if you play all the music from the West Coast, they're different. 
Yeah, I agree. I definitely, and I used to say that in class all the time. Like, it doesn't matter. Even if, like, you're the hottest in your city, at some point, you're going to have to come to L.A. and, like, get that popularity, get that fame to, like, consider you a quote-unquote artist or, like, famous or whatever, like, or to say you made it. So, I agree with you. You expressed it in, like, the perfect, like, words. Like, it is a mixing pot. Like, even if you think of... LA versus the Bay and how those sounds kind of different but I feel like at the end of the day it's all West Coast yes but you're somebody who has upbringing and roots in like both parts of California like northern and southern so what do you what do you feel like you find yourself listening to more northern or southern uh northern why Pisces <laughs> can we talk about that how did it feel to be alive during that movement the high school oh, when it was at man. its peak Mac Dre and them was still alive, hypey movement. You know what I'm saying? I was gigging, and uh, it was just great, like, you know. But I was still West Coast because I was banged out going to school, but I still had the hypey movement in my blood. So when I came back uh, to LA, moved back to LA, they said I was too hypey on stage. So let's talk about that. Like now, the LA culture and like that current state of hip hop. Wh- wh- where do you find the power in like gangster rap? Because a lot of people listen to it. Like to me, I kind of feel like it's empowering because I feel like it's a form of storytelling, and that's somebody's truth. That's their honesty. But I feel like, from your perspective, what do you feel like is the power of that gangster sound? Right now, there is no gangster sound. They're just they're walking around with their heads cut off, their tails cut off. Uh, they're just talking about kill the ops, kill the ops, kill the ops. So you're not storytelling anymore. You're not visualizing change or come up. All you talk about is working your ops, going to spend 50000 on a Fendi bag and uh, Supreme and all that. But it needs to get back to storytelling. It needs to go back to once upon a time, not long ago. You know what I'm saying? And once it goes back to that, hip hop will be in a state of rejuvency. How do you feel like hip hop has made you a better man? Hip hop has bringing me joy. Hip hop has made me cry. Hip hop has probably every emotion. So I love it. I would die for hip hop. In what ways has your faith made you a better artist overall? My faith has carried me all the way through my career. Uh, My faith has endured. My faith, I should have been dead about two weeks ago, but my faith has carried me through. I came back to life for 1% chance after having a seizure. And... I truly just believe, believe in faith. Like, uh, if you ask my niece, the doctor just gave me the most grim hope, saying that I'm going to die. And I told her, cut this man off and uh, let's begin the podcast because I don't want to talk about death. I want to bring energy, life to my death, to, to my dying day. That's beautiful. Um, today, August 9th, 2021, makes the day that um, producer Chucky Thomas passed away. Um, and I kind of want to talk about 
the importance because like you know people around doing some research like you believe that being in the studio is a lifestyle like you believe that's something that artists should be doing like living in the studio and i want to talk about what do you think is the importance or the importance of having chemistry as an artist with a producer like what do you think that that relationship should look like i've never had one people box me out <laughs> so i've never had one producer that I could work with because if I already had that I would have made magic I would have been on center stage but I just had the SoundCloud beats and YouTube beats and stuff like that uh, different type of avenues to get beats but I've never had a producer so do you feel like so you can't agree, like, it's important to, like, for an artist to find, like, that one producer that they mesh with, if they can, like, make a body of work, or do you, like, because some people go the route of, like, they will go that route of, like, shopping around with SoundCloud producers, and it works, but you are one of those people that believe, like, you do have to have that chemistry to kind of, like, create your sound. Yes, because that chemistry, you feel comfortable, you feel like nobody's rolling their eyes around you, and making you feel uncomfortable, and, uh... You're on one accord. You have that sound. And now uh, you got to have a, a, a producer who will bring other producers in that can produce you, that you, you have chemistry with. What do you think about an artist signing to a label? Because, like, now we have, like, those avenues where it's, like, you kind of can be an independent artist and, like, thrive. Like, do you think that it's cool for artists to sign to labels? Because, you know, they kind of get, like, that backing and that funding from, like, the big men. Or do you feel like more people should go the route of just doing it the long run, independent route of pushing your own self and putting it out there and taking in all your profit? The way I call it is lying under the radar. And when I tell my son you must lie under the radar, you can sign to a big, you can sign to the bigs, but it has stipulations. You have to take some sort of oath, no matter what. And I'm not going to talk about the oath, but there's an underlying. They, they're going to have you speak about death or this or that or whatever. But if you want to say what you want to say, it's best to go underground. And then you need to get your merch up. You need to get your hustle up. You need to get your shows up. You need to build your audience. And it's harder because you don't get the bag. You get the bag in the, uh, in the, you get the bag, you get the bag, um, in the middle when you build up your audience. Or you might not even get it till you're in the 40s. But you have to grind. And uh, fast cash don't last. And slow dough makes it go. <laughs> I know that's right. How do you feel about people who don't write their own raps? Like, do you think... Because I'm one of those people, I feel like ghostwriters, they matter. Because some people, they have, like, the delivery, the cadence, and, like, you know, the swag and the look, but they just don't have the pin game. Sometimes you just need a little help from somebody who has it, but they don't want to be at the forefront. Like, what's your perspective on that? I love ghostwriting because ghostwriting can be one bar. Like, somebody's stuck on one thing, or they don't know how to make a hook. So... 
It's like, if you're really in the studio, you be like, hey, this sounds good, man. This sounds really good. Put that there, just that there. I've ghost written on many of songs. And like, like she said, some people don't have the pen game, but they have everything. So I agree with you. Cool, cool. A lot of people don't know, like when I was younger, I used to rap. Um, I was in a group with my friends. We called ourselves Caution ENT, and that was something that I enjoyed doing. Um, and like, you know, I grew up and like kind of grew out of that. Like I still have a love for music and hip hop and all of that, but I think I'm finding my lane in other ways. And I'm not going to say that I'll never like rap again, but I want to know how do you feel about the current emergence, I would say, of female rappers? I love them, but they have two tough exteriors. Like, I don't need no man. I don't need no. I, I, I got my Chanel Birkin bag and woo woo woo. And uh, uh, I'm only bucking him for one night. That's ridiculous, man. You're not teaching no example. You need to get in the kitchen and learn how to cook some grandma's cornbread. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, bake some macaroni and cheese like your, your auntie. You know what I'm saying? You got to get under old people because I'm an old soul. I know how to cook. I know how to clean. And that's only going to come from spending time with elder people. But when you coming out like, I don't need this, I don't need that, why do you even entertain them then? Okay, so who are some older female rappers that you feel like seem like current generation female rappers should be researching and looking into? Queen Latifah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, dang, I know, I know Queen Latifah. Um, MC Light. Uh, there are so many artists. Roxanne Shante, I like her. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Roxanne Shate, um, Lauren Hill. Uh, yeah, Lauren Hill. Oh, amazing. And uh, uh, the, the, the guys that Easy E brought out, um, the group that Easy E brought out, and they were the first platinum artists to hit Ruthless. They hit platinum, and they were female group. You know. Mm -hmm. But uh. Yeah. And then I, I think too, it's important too to not just box female rappers in because they can't listen to other people. It doesn't just have to be like women. I think it's important to say that. Like I said, I, I love Megan Thee Stallion. I love Cardi B. I love their humor and their music. But they're not afflicted with the black men. And that's why I disagree because there's too many people tearing us down. And
So at this point in the show, it is the self-care tip of the week, and I have my uncle here, and we're going to talk about what we are doing for self-care. I'm going to go first. Right now, the thing that I'm doing to aid to my self-care right now is working out. I find joy in like going on hikes and going on my little runs right now, so that's what I'm doing. I would like to know what is one self-care tip that you want to share with the listeners that you have done in your life to make you an overall better human being. Okay, I'll go throughout the day absorbing everything that has happened to me. I will just uh, by midday, by the time I get off, I soak in everything and I'll take it out on exercise. I take it out on being focused. I take it out on rejuvenating my body. So I would do something like play basketball or get into spa or sauna and whatever I feel like. If I'm too tired, I'll get into sauna and relax. Or get into spa and relax. <clears throat> or whatever it may be, I let it all go. I like that. You guys definitely take notes for me and my uncle. It's important to use your body. You touch on a lot of things. I think a lot of people don't do that. Like, even myself, like, sometimes I'll just, like, go straight into working out. But I think that's a very cool method to, like, kind of, like, think about it and really, like, meditate on those things and, like, releasing your body. Because I really feel like trauma, like, I feel like it's released through movement. I think that's why I grew up loving dance so much. Because, like, you can literally, like, physically let it out. So, that's a great tip. She's a very beautiful dancer. I remember that. Uh, what was it? Stomp the world type shit. <laughs> Shop the world up, whatever it's called. Crump it when I used to dance with Tyler Crown. <laughs> I was scared. I was like, I don't know what's going No, that was actually a cool experience. I think about that a lot. Like, because we used to like be in his house and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, and all this stuff come out with like R. Kelly and stuff. Like, nothing ever happened to me. Like, and that's one thing, like, he's a good dude. Because, like, he's had a lot of kids in his face. Nothing has ever happened, so shout out to Tommy. Shout him out, because I was worried. I was like, don't let that nigga hang out with your daughter. You know what I'm saying? Okay, y'all, so now it's that point in the show, my favorite part of the show, when we do Who's on Ox. So, Uncle Jimmy, this is the time in the show where I say, like, we riding around in the car, we vibing, I put you on Ox. Who you playing? Right now. Yeah. I'm playing Westside A.M.P. He's a Christian rapper. Because I'm like, this serious guy will be spiritual, spiritual uplifting. So that's who's on us. For me right now, I think my song of the summer is O3 Flow by Wally the Simpson. It is like, you know, somebody listen to this and be like, that song, but it's like a sad song, but it like hit, like, it's like he's saying real stuff, but like, you can bop to it. Yeah. It's like that good balance between like, you know, dark and light. So that's what I'm vibing to right now. Um, I'm also playing Isaiah Shot, The House is Burning Project, from beginning to end, just because it's a great body of work. I'm playing Amindy, my friend, um, Amindy, her EP Nice, from start to finish, just because that's a solid body of work. And I'm going to play you. I'm going to play some Dick and Fly. Nice. Start out on That's what we listening to. 